A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. Swift, 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 Swift. Ish. What just happened? Hey, Shelby. Hey. Welcome back to another episode of Swiftish. This is episode 34. Um, a second one in two weeks. What <laughs> is going on? Yeah, wow. I mean, good for us, honestly. We've really pulled ourselves out of that funk and are now back at it. Yeah, you know, Taylor and Beyonce are saving 2020. <laughs> the two of them yeah. together, they're giving us... They're giving us life and things to kind of take our mind off of being home, doing nothing. <laughs> so. Yes, exactly. It's been a nice uh, change of pace from our mm-hmm. usual just depression. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to finally get to dive into folklore, Taylor Swift's eighth album. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we have it. Oh, all of it. And it's not like a single here, a single there. We get a little Mm-mm. taste. It's everything all at <laughs> once. So we're not going out of order this time, which yeah. <laughs> I think is great. It's the first time we've ever, 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 ever been able to, you know, go from the beginning to an end of an album. And hey, we haven't even ended Lover. So <laughs> there's also There's a gap there. Um, no, One but day. this is a great a great time. I mean, it's been a good week for Taylor. She's breaking records. Mm-hmm. It's continuing to be a big a big showcase for her. Obviously, we don't have the um US like Billboard number one singles like numbers yet. I think those come out either Monday or Tuesday. So Maybe this will be old news by the time the episode drops. But worldwide, she's been killing it. I mean, um, they just announced that she sold over 2 million copies in its first week worldwide. Um, I think her people just came out to say that she set a new streaming record on Apple Music for a 24-hour period. Um, it sold 1.3 million copies in its first 24 hours alone. It has a Guinness world record for the biggest Mm. opening day of an album for an album on Spotify. Without without any promotion. That (laughs) is crazy. I guess when you're at home and you have nothing to do and that's that's just what you do. You just listen to it over and over again. Wow. That's what I've been doing. So good on me. I've helped her to her her records. No, I've honestly been like failing, I think, on the Swifty level. There's like a big push for Cardigan because that's technically the lead single and they want it to debut at number one because I don't think she's ever had a single, like her lead single debut at number one. I don't remember the history there, but it's a very driven like passion project i don't think so i think there's like some hold up or something like you know she's always like behind one of those other songs that just won't die she's she's been doing a lot like a lot of promotion for it too and a lot of pushes like so she did uh cardigan the actual like music video release and the the Mm -hmm. single release and then she did the candlelight in the woods or cabin in the candlelight uh, version (laughs) and then she's doing all like i think she's released three four separate vinyls for Mm -hmm. for that along with her cds and cassettes with a memo um which i bought one because i wanted that memo 
Mm-hmm. But then I, but then I saw that, right, good for me. And but then I saw <laughs> that she had, like, then she released, like, the golden version. Like, it's just <laughs> so much is going on. And I qu- don't quite understand her marketing scheme only because <laughs> there's, like, a – and I, I thought I was going to say up on top of it, but I haven't. There's, yeah. like, a every 24 hours – I think it's over now – I have no idea. Every 24 <laughs> hours, there's like new merch. I got some. Yeah. Um, I got – I love her water bottles. You know that. Mm, so I got mm-hmm, I got the mm-hmm. water bottle and then I got an actual vinyl. And then – I know because I have a record player. So I was Ooh, really perfect. excited. I have a re- was really excited about that. Um, it was our anniversary this past week. So Lance got me the vinyl for Fearless. So I love Cute. that. So I got I got vinyls. Uh, I think Lance bought me something because he told me <laughs> not to buy anything else because he also <laughs> bought me a vinyl, a different vinyl, but he also bought me a vinyl as like a surprise because my birthday is coming up. Um, <laughs> so, so we were like, you know, dueling. And I really bought it because she has the lakes, which is on – you know, mm-hmm. she hadn't released any deluxe at the beginning albums, no Target re- um, announcement. So I was like, oh, and I bought a CD. And I was like, wait, I don't have a CD. I can't have a CD <laughs> player. So, so I'm going to buy a vinyl. And then Target <laughs> is coming out with their deluxe album. Like she's yeah. really just making sure she is hitting everything. I know. Like, market hungry thirsty swifty <laughs> yeah. that there is yeah yeah Have i mean it was anything? weird like i when she first announced it she's like oh there's eight different albums to choose from they're all the same but they just have different like artwork included mm-hmm. and it was sort of like okay well this is great i guess i'll just go and pick which one i like the cover more and so mm-hmm. i i did buy one because like you said, Target wasn't selling any at first and I like having a CD on hand in my car. So mm-hmm. I always just have one, obviously that's the <laughs> least I can do as a Swifty. Yeah. Um, but people were like buying the whole set. They bought like tons of merch. Like she definitely does do this strategy where she's like the more the merrier, like just and exclusive. Just, yeah. Like, and very hey, short sells. Yeah, four hours. But then we all know, we all know that in the back end, it comes back. Like I know, surprise, we have some. But it's been like, I mean, I think she's gunning for the number one. I don't know if she cares. It's hard, you know. You're an artist. You obviously like being liked, you know. And Mm -hmm. I think she would appreciate having that number one. Yeah. So fingers crossed she gets it. But again, a lot of Swifties are like, if you don't get a fake VPN and stream from YouTube Mm. on 12 different devices, then you're a fake fan. (laughs) And I I don't know if that's fair. I know. I was like, if if that's the... If that's the bar that I need to meet. I have been this past week. I'm so happy right now. This past week, this past five weeks, actually, I've been super busy doing a bunch of work stuff because, I, like I said last week, I have a summer associate program. It ended on Friday, but when I'm telling you, when it, I, I was busy. I was so busy. We had all these different events and all virtual because people we couldn't put anyone in person, right. <laughs> and so that meant that you know the twenty people who were coming coming to the events. I was driving all over Houston, dropping off these really cute party packs for an oh, escape wow. room, for a cooking night, for um, a trivia night. So I had all these th- different things I was doing, and on top of just administrative stuff, making sure everything was running smoothly. So I've just yeah. been. 
like not in my head. So last mm. week I was trying every now and then to listen to it, but I had so much stuff to make sure that our program was wrapping up. And so soon, as soon as it was over, which was on Friday, Saturday, I just kind of took the day just to like relax and just mm-hmm. clear my mind. I was able to listen to more of her songs, uh, yeah. but I was just like, you know, any other Swifty would be like, work. It's over with. <laughs> it's all Taylor Swift. That's yeah. my full time job. But I literally Canceled. had no space to do that. And usually I have. So I don't know. Yeah. So oh. do you have any new favorites, or what's your go to to start the oh, okay. album? Uh, right now, I am loving Exile, loving mm-hmm. Exile. But I've had Cardigan stuck in my head. Like I love Exile, <laughs> but Cardigan. I, I I think maybe she's just pushing, 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 yeah. pushing for it. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> I wake up in the middle of the night with the lyrics in my head. I remember saying this about Lover too. Like yeah. having like one of the songs stuck in my head and I'm just waking up and I'm like, oh, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's good. It's it's good. And I like I can't wait to really just sit and listen to everything over and over mm. and over again. This is yeah. gonna be that week for me, but the one is pretty good too. You know, you know, you know I like the one. I love yeah. the one. What about you? Oh yeah. I, I've been going to This Is Me Trying, which mm. was sort of a sleeper the first couple times I listened to the album, but mm-hmm. I really liked it. And I think it's just an interesting narrative for her. Um, it shows a lot of growth, you know, <laughs> but I like that one. And then, um, I, I, I continue to love a good Betty. So oh, I think, um, Betty went it, to, it was actually released to country radio stations yeah I think right? it's about I think yeah. there's like these there's this I don't know if it's a rumor or verified but the, Someone heard the it. word oh, on the street is that exile is going to be the second official single sent to adult uh, alternative radio like oh. on like I think today actually and then Betty is going to be the third single and it's going yeah like you said to country radio which okay so all the country radio are you. excited for it and maybe you can you can answer this for me Okay. So what do the stars next to the songs on iTunes mean? Because all of the first, I think, five songs on Exile have stars by them. Um, I think that's a sign that you've favorited them or you no. listen to them. No, I downloaded the album. I don't use iTunes. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I was like, maybe that means that it's it, those are going to be the official are they the, singles. Are they I don't the know. explicit it's, ones? I guess um, no, not. not all of them are explicit. Maybe someone who's listening, I... I would Google it right now, but I'm just, I don't, I want, I'm doing something. I'm, I'm podcasting right now. Yeah. Um, no, because as soon as I downloaded the, um, the songs on iTunes, the moment I downloaded, are not iTunes now, on Apple Music, mm-hmm. it had the stars already there. So I was like, I oh. think it must mean something with the popularity. You know what I mean? Like, maybe not you, you favorited them, but maybe those are the ones that are most mm-hmm. downloaded or something. Hmm. I mean, maybe, I don't know. know. Someone tell us, someone tell us. (laughs) And before we actually get into the song that we're doing today, I do have a corrections corner. Last week, I was, and it it was people, people checked me. They checked me. Uh, Last week, I had mentioned, you know, how I think not deep, but just different this album is it's you know she's writing a little bit deeper the songs aren't as um poppy and superficial i was like i don't know if younger swifties are gonna like it i <laughs> didn't mean younger swifties by like six seven eight year olds but then yeah. <laughs> i think we threw out the word tweens which is also like 12 11 year olds to a like preteens um 
we got a few emails from people being like, I'm 11, I'm 12, I really dig the song. I would go to a concert for this. I'd make my mom take me. That's amazing. Yeah. I think that, yeah. Their majority like is listening far to- better. <laughs> well, I was listening to Spice Girls at that age yeah. as me. So, yeah, I guess. I guess I <laughs> Do you want to be it. my lover? So, <laughs> yeah. That was me just yeah. dancing along. What so, emotional depth. Yeah, I'm happy for yeah. them. I'm happy for them too. And I think I just need to stop um, putting these Swifties in the corner. I know. We're such ages. I know. I was like, I am so old. <laughs> and I'm like being like, oh, this like, wait, 11 year olds listen to podcasts? Like, this is news to me. 11 year olds have opinions? Yes, yeah. they do. Come on. I'm like, who was I when I was 11? I was just some carbon copy of my older siblings who would just run around seeking Although, validation. <laughs> I, okay. I loved Alanis Morissette when I was 11 mm, or 10. Yeah, that was my true. first actual CD. My mom, my my dad's friend from high school, she bought it for me without my parents knowing. Mm, and yeah. I've listened to it on repeat. So, and that those are pretty like deep yeah, cutting. I was Vanessa like, Carlton. Yeah. That was my I like Vanessa that too. Was and those my are, first. So, I guess I mean, <laughs> we just I, don't remember I, it well enough. We don't remember it. We just assumed. We have we no did. idea. I mean, I'm so far from that age that I've just forgotten like 80% of my life, honestly. <laughs> and I also, I am, I'm thrilled that we have the younger audience. That means we're yeah. not so boxed in a corner too. Like they can still mm-hmm. relate to some of the stuff we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're universal. Taylor Swift podcast. So yeah, exactly, exactly. So every now and then when I say a cuss word, I'm going to be like, oh no. <laughs> but they're probably listening to the explicit version of yeah. folklore. So hey, hey, yeah, heads there. up. We are we're about to review one of the explicit songs. So <laughs> and Shelby's reading this. So you guys, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go hard for that. Hard. All um, but no, we're excited. I mean, this is the week we get to start off with the one and. Mm. Um, I mean, it's our first deep dive into folklore. And so with folklore, obviously, Taylor Swift talks a lot about how, you know, in isolation, her imagination has run wild and this album is sort of the result. And so right off the bat from the album note, she's like, there's a lot more fiction than fact in this album. So deal with it. And maybe that's a personal burn at us. You know, maybe she's telling us to quit digging through her archives for celebrity gossip. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's just, it ties into this idea of folklore itself and these folk stories and how fact and fiction can kind of blur together. And and people tell stories that are sometimes exaggerated or not the full truth because it's, you know, more romantic or uh, uh, emphatic. And so I think um, she goes on to say, I started not writing only my own stories, but also writing about or from perspectives of people I've never met, people I've known, or those I wish I hadn't. Hmm. So even in her album notes, it's sort of like, a nebulous like yes this is fiction but it also has some truth here she's like the the lines between fantasy and reality blur and the boundaries between truth and fiction become indiscernible um so i'm curious are you does that make you nervous to analyze these songs or do you think that you'll still be able to find some of those taylor truths in there or it's just like a big fiction story i think we're going to be able to find some taylor 
truths in there. You know, mm-hmm. we do we do have a little little Easter eggs where we're like, okay, that's that that song's yeah. related to Taylor or that song's related to somebody else. I do I do find it interesting that folklore is not capitalized. Mm-hmm. And then you have and you were just saying, you know, th- these stories have a little facts, a little fiction, but it's also like, you, you know, it's not all true, which mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of reputation. Mm. You know, um, it those are also it, it was a lot of about like if you looked at her her magazines, everything was in the magazines. You know, all these things were blown up, out of control, which was kind of like her life. People took mm-hmm. a little bit of facts and blew them up and to make them into this huge story because people wanted to read the magazines and they, you know, just just spread all these gossip and lies about her from mm-hmm. one tiny little thing. So it kind of it's I I feel like reputation and folklore kind of go hand in hand in that moment where. Mm-hmm you know, the lines are blurred. And a lot of people, when they're listening to Reputation, they're like, oh, no, this is about so-and-so. This is about so-and-so. But you kind of had to take it in, like, how is she, uh, you know, how is she promoting Reputation? You know, it was with Mm. the magazine with, like, all these, um, you know, making fun of tabloids. So, and then you kind of have, you know, folklore where she comes out and says, you know, it's a mix of fact and fiction. Although mm-hmm. this definitely isn't, this isn't like a slap in the face to anybody or any <laughs> media outsource outlet, but it's kind of the same idea, I think. Mm-hmm. Because everything yeah. in reputation wasn't 100% true either. It was just, it was, it was kind yeah, of like, it was like about how people see her or yeah. what people have said about her. And yeah. 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 So do you have any theories on who the one is about or what she was writing about or? Yeah, so interesting, you know, Aaron Dessner, he gave this track by track review, mm-hmm. I guess, in I think it was the Vox. I'm not sure. He gave a lot of interviews last week. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that um he said it's clear the one is not written from her perspective. It's written from another friend's perspective. Mm-hmm. There's emotional wryness, rawness. Also, there's this kind of a wink in her eyes. Um I, you know, a lot of people have been throwing out ideas of who it was about some people are saying it's um it's harry or it's joe you know they broke up and one thing that one theory that i'm like i can definitely get behind is that it's about selena a lot of people kind of tied it to her fun lyrics where it says Mm -hmm. you may not be the one but you look like fun and it's from Mm -hmm. rare and then also her song people you know you know people can go from people you know to people you know you don't and I, I, I can kind of get behind that. Mm-hmm. I can get – and I, people are tying it to The weekend and Selena. So I can see mm-hmm. I can see that mm-hmm. one. Do you have any theories about who it could be about? Yeah. I mean, I guess I think it's it's interesting, right? Because Aaron Desner also says that this is the f- last song, one of the last songs she wrote, mm-hmm. that she wrote the one in Hoax uh, sort of at the end of the process when they thought they'd already had the album finished. Mm-hmm. And then she went back to the drawing board, came up with these two songs in the middle of the night and and was sort of like, uh, these have to be on the record. And Aaron Desner says these are sort of like bookends. And so the one is sort of waxing nostalgic and happy about a relationship that's over. The hoax is very much the antithesis of that and is very sad and depressed mm-hmm. and dark. And so it's sort of interesting that he he has become the 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 spokesperson for this album because Taylor has said to multiple outlets that she wouldn't be doing interviews um, and that she instead points them towards Aaron Dessner. So it's definitely that he's talking 
like with approval from her. He's not just mm-hmm. like gossiping. Um, but I also think Taylor Swift loves her games and with folklore, like even with how he says, oh, there's sort of a wink in this song. And like with folklore, there's a lot of this sort of the story isn't so much, oh, here's the diary entry of X, Y, Z, but it's the mystery of like, what is true? What, mm-hmm. what is like the truth behind this? So I think that it's less about a particular person and more about life experiences as a whole. A but I also think Taylor Swift knows what she's doing. Like this is sort of the bread and butter of her entire career. This sort of song while a very different sound and the tone setter for a new era. This is this has been sort of what she's sung about quite a lot in her, in her albums is this reflection Mm -hmm. on love. And usually it's more raw or sort of like sad. Like, you know, you have all too well and dear John where it's instantly after a breakup and you're just heartbroken. Um, But this is still like a very common narrative for Taylor Swift to sort of play with. And so I like that it's the first song on the album and I like that it is sort of vague about, or it's open to interpretation maybe about Mm -hmm. who it's about or how it was inspired by different things. So I think there's fun little, like you said, Easter eggs for how maybe she could have pulled a different line here, a different line there from things in her life, things in her friend's life. So it'll be fun to break down. (laughs) I know. I'm excited for this one. (laughs) The one I have, it has been one of my favorites from the beginning and Mm -hmm. I'm loving it so much. So yeah, sorry, yeah. my dogs are barking in the background. They're home <laughs> from a okay. walk. They're excited about the one too. Oh, they think <laughs> they're the voice is heard. Yeah, <laughs> and so I say all that because I know some people like got mad at us like in different songs mm-hmm. when we would just be like, "This is what it's about." <laughs> And like you said, in Reputation, Taylor sort of was like, do not assume this is about anyone, you dumb gossip magazines. And I think she's calmed down a little bit from that emotional sort of distrust of the media and sort of, you know, that thing. Mm -hmm. So that is just to say that if in this discussion we think, oh, maybe this is a fun little... nod to x y or z that that doesn't mean that we're discounting taylor swift's idea of folklore being fictional too it just is Mm -hmm. a fun little exercise for everyone (laughs) to enjoy and to be fair she's the one who said it's about people she's met people Mm -hmm. she doesn't know people Mm -hmm. she wishes she's never known so she threw it out there that there could be some songs about people she knows (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i'm excited to break this down um Uh, shall shall we begin (laughs) yes and i think you're reading this week yeah um okay so the first the first opens with i'm doing good i'm on some new shit been saying yes instead of no i thought i saw you at the bus stop i didn't though i hit the ground running each night i hit the sunday matinee you know the greatest films of all time were never made oh boy when this started i was so excited like Mm -hmm. one because we're all like such lame little losers who get excited when Taylor Swift swears. She's a shit. Yeah. <laughs> but also because it's just like a great, it's a great opener that just instantly sets the stage. Like she's like, okay, mm-hmm. guys, 
this is new. Like, get ready. Like, I know hold this on something. To your horses. Yeah. Like, I have never done anything like this before. Yeah, it's new shit. It's a, like introducing. <laughs> this is a new sound, you guys. Come on, and it's it's so great because it ties into the song, but it also introduces us, like you said, to her new album. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. Yes. Yeah, and I think um, it also just starts to put us in the mindset of Taylor Swift, like like with Reputation, we didn't always get a good idea of where she was at and she didn't mm-hmm. share a lot. She didn't talk a lot with lover. You definitely get like more personal stuff. And a lot of it is about her love for Joe and their relationship and just how she's in that spot now where she's a little, she feels secure in a relationship for probably, you know, the first time in a while at least. And then we also had Miss Americana, the documentary where she talked a lot about how, psychologically she'd been wrestling with this need to be liked and she didn't quite know how to how to get there and and it was really raw and personal and I think she was in the middle of a process that was slow going and so here she's sort of like okay guys like I've taken the time like I actually do feel like I can finally walk the walk and like talk the talk Mm -hmm. that I've been that I've been saying for a while and so she's sort of letting us in on where she's at and that sort of helps us lean back into this narrative which is someone who's looking back at past relationships and thinking like you know oh like I'm doing good I'm all good it's okay I'm not like crying over you anymore but I still like sometimes think about you and I wonder Mm -hmm. like wow like you know like huh this is like I wonder how he's doing and it's not like oh I wish I was with him you know yeah yeah, and that's what I like about it too. You know, she's I wonder how he's doing. I sometimes I see your face in strangers. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's not that she's mourning over him or playing the victim here. Yeah. It's something she's looking back on fondly, which I think we all should be so lucky to, you know, if, if we experienced a heartbreak to have healed by healed mm-hmm. healed from it by now and just looking back at it be like, "Oh. Yeah. That, that was that was fun." Yeah. And that's why I love this line. um, You know, the greatest films of all time were never made because I think that's a really interesting visual because like, what could that possibly mean? Literally. Mm -hmm. But I think what she's saying is um, like, yes, Hollywood has these grand ideas of like romance and you have rom-coms that you daydream about and sing about. But Taylor Swift is old enough now. She's been through enough relationships now that she realizes that life's a lot more complicated than that and that some of these love stories that you think you've found in your life like you you spend your time with a new relationship daydreaming about like oh my gosh like when we get married when we move in together like this is the one I'm so excited Mm -hmm. and then it doesn't work out and so she's saying like yeah historically you know (laughs) statistically most of my most of our relationships all fail except for if you happen to you know find the one and even that's not like guaranteed like things end and Hollywood and these ideas of these romantic movies don't always portray that but that does those are also those can also be the greatest love stories still like those can still be valuable those can still be good tales even if they Mm -hmm. don't fit that like Hollywood scheme yeah and it's interesting because even throughout the whole album she has that like you, like that Hollywood scheme, Hollywood idea. She mentions films in like three other of, of her other mm-hmm. songs, like in Exile, This Is Me Trying, and Hoax. She mentions movies and films. And uh, it's just very – that's kind of like the theme of some of these songs mm-hmm. too is 
which you know i i like it i i'm mm-hmm. here for that <laughs> yeah. also i also think like could this have been like you know the greatest films of all time were never made could this have been like a relationship that wasn't maybe out in public too to be mm. you know splayed across all of the the outlets mm. that could be an idea but yeah that just that's something I just thought of right now. So yeah, maybe it's about like Zach Efron. <laughs> <laughs> that secret it's love. Like, yeah, the secret relationships that were never verified. <laughs> or maybe it's like, you know, a, a dig at Taylor Lautner and how that was not that was a movie that was made, but it wasn't. That should the have never been film. made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also thought this is a really cute nod to like, if we're going to pretend this is about other people in her life, like Connor Kennedy, you know, I really Mm -hmm. think there's an argument here that this song is about him because arguably he's the only one that she'd conceivably see at a bus stop because he was still in high school when they were dating. (laughs) (laughs) He might've had his license. He was 17. Yeah. He might have had his license. You're right. You're right. Maybe he wasn't into the the crowd of a bus, but I just saw a recent article about him. He's like <laughs> he's he's so old now compared to like the little seventeen year old photo I would I yeah. would see of him and I was like, he's a he still looks young, he has a baby face, but I'm like, I think he yeah. might have like a kid. I don't know if he has a kid, but I saw a picture with it of him with a baby maybe a cousin and it was so weird I, I think he had some facial hair and I was like whoa yeah maybe that's what Taylor saw boy. too and that's what inspired her to write this last minute track could have been fun yeah <laughs> um but then she goes on to sing in the pre-chorus I guess you never know never know and if you wanted me you really should have showed and if you never bleed you're never gonna grow and it's all right now mm-hmm. I really like this I think it's clever um one is that again you have a sort of mature nostalgia where she's like yeah you never know and and then she also gets to break down like what went wrong almost and but it's not as accusatory as some of her more heavy hitting songs like if you wanted me you really should have showed and that's another sentiment echoed throughout this like with exile and Mm -hmm. um hoax and then i think it's a it's a nice nod then that she writes if you never bleed you're never gonna grow because I think again that could be that could be about him or how you know they just didn't work and X Y whatever, but I also think it just reminded me of like Bad Blood and this idea that um, this I it just reminded me of that song and thinking about how Taylor herself has grown and how so much of that has come from her having these really difficult experiences and these sort of very public missteps or misunderstandings, and so it almost felt like yes, you did this wrong, but I did this wrong too. And so it seemed like a nice give and take instead of just, hey, dude, this is all your fault. Yeah, I agree. It all, like it kind of reminded me a little bit like, if you never bleed, you're never going to grow. Um, on Lover, when she talks about the um, the scars, on the mm, guitar mm-hmm. scars on her fingers, you know, and that's another yeah. thing. Like she's, through her music, she's been able to grow as well. And she's, a lot of her music, like you said, has been written like bad blood, like throughout mm-hmm. these different growth periods of her time too. She's like yes. bleeding and writing through her pain and her her understanding and growing through yeah, that. I love that. And I think um, this is also, you know, an interesting nod to past lyrics. And mm-hmm. if you wanted me, you really should have showed, reminded me a lot of the moment I knew, mm-hmm. which um, – 
is when she sings uh, the one who means the most didn't show and you should have been here. And it was about Jake Gyllenhaal and just this tragedy of realizing that something wasn't going to work out. Like the moment you realize that. And, maybe and again, this is, maybe the song is not from her point of view, but from Jake's point of view. <laughs> yes. Looking back being like, I, you would have, it would have been fun if we would have worked out. Like, look <laughs> yeah. at you now. Look, I, I do see your face at bus stops because it's literally your face yes. being like, go to lover, bye, folklore. Yes. This song has to be from Jake's point of view. That's a good take. Roaring twenties, like tossing pennies in the pool. That's that's <laughs> love. That's a reputation right there when they're yeah. on stage, like with that big fountain, and she talks. She's talking about <laughs> champagne. You know, yeah. This is. I'm here yeah, for it. It's Jake's some, point of view. There's some room there for that argument, uh-huh. I'd say, because yeah. um, then she does go into the chorus where she says, "But we were something, don't you think so? Roaring twenties, tossing pennies in the pool, and if my wishes came true, it would have been you." In my defense, I have none for never leaving well enough alone, but it would have been fun if you would have been the one. <laughs> Cute chorus, you guys. Big I fan of this. <laughs> But I think there is some really interesting visuals here. You have the Roaring Twenties idea, which, again, does play into that um, symbol of the Great Gatsby from uh, ooh, Reputation. Oh, my gosh. I yeah, forgot. This is why we, we didn't even get a lover tour. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I know. That's why I was oh, like, man. love. <laughs> Reputation. Yeah. Um, but it can also talk about how when you're in your 20s, you're just exactly. having fun. You're being dramatic, romantic. You're just it's just so youthful and exuberant and you're just partying, you know, there's not as much uh, weight and <laughs> concern in your life. Everyone's nostalgic for their twenties. Oh, me too. Um, you guys, let's not even yeah. talk about it. <laughs> yeah. But I think that also makes it an interesting chance to sort of think and reflect with Taylor on past relationships where she was in her twenties, you know? And like you said, there's an argument for Jake Gyllenhaal, but there's also an argument here for like Harry Styles because I think these this idea in the chorus of like, oh, in my defense, I have none for never leaving well enough alone is basically like the same story of Out of the Woods, but with like less trauma where it's like, I was seeing monsters that weren't there, but it just like, it just ruined everything mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't have an excuse for it. And then you also have like, if my wishes came true, it would have been you, which is something reflected throughout 1989 that was all about Harry Styles with like, all you had to do was stay, wildest dreams, this love, like... How they I never think, go out of style. Like she was like, yes. talking about how fun everything was and they were so great together. Yeah. And there's also an interesting lyrical parallel here where for... Ne- I, in my defense, I have known for never leaving well enough mm. alone, which is almost directly song. from... Me. Me. (laughs) Yeah, where she sings, I never leave well enough alone. Um, Why do you think she recycled that line? Maybe because this song is about her. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's true. Um, Yeah. I don't know why. She she is playing on the fact at the very beginning that she was weaving a lot of the Easter eggs into the lyrics. So it's Mm -hmm. very interesting that, you know, I know I went psycho on the phone. I never <laughs> leave well enough alone. A lot of mm-hmm. her songs have been about like on the phone. Like remember, like he calls me up and he's like, "Oh, 
I still love yeah. you. <laughs> and there's a lot of like moments that she talks about being on the phone with people. So I wonder, yeah. and like in, in reputation, you have that phone, like Kayla can't come to the phone right now because she's dead. So it's very interesting that, I don't know. What do you think? You you are the one who is so deep and <laughs> no. I think she's cleansing the palate a little bit. I think she knew Making she had a it. good line there. She mm-hmm. had a good line on me, but me itself wasn't didn't stick the landing in the way that maybe she would have hoped. And so here she's like, you know what? I'm just gonna use that again. It was too good mm-hmm. to <laughs> to go to waste. You know, <laughs> one thing like because you talked about the Great Gatsby ish. Mm-hmm theme and I had mentioned last week that one of the songs reminds me I think it was Cardigan reminds me of a single from the gay great Gatsby from Lana Del Rey just like some of the mm. the moments and the crescendos of the, the the sound of of Cardigan just put me into the great Gatsby yeah and it just a lot like even hoax and exile and this song too can really be seen from Jay's and I forget the other who's the other leading character I don't remember her name Daisy uh Daisy from from Jay's and Daisy's point of view like an mm. exile you know you're kind of seeing somebody else with another person um people weren't reading the the same signals and same cues and it just it really pulls me to the great Gatsby and it's funny mm. because in she you know she sings a little bit about about that in rep Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I love Great yeah. Gatsby. It's one of my favorite books, favorite movies, favorite soundtracks. Wow. It takes it's just there. the gift that keeps on giving. I know. And it's a tell as old as time, I think. Yeah. Woman wants man, man yeah. wants woman. They don't work out. <laughs> then he dies. I don't know. <laughs> it happens. It happens. <laughs> um, and then she goes into verse two. I have this dream. You're Ooh. doing cool shit, having adventures on your own. You meet some woman on the internet and take her home. We never painted by the numbers, baby, but we were making it count. You know, the greatest loves of all time are over now. And, you know, just want to put this out there. But Joe Jonas met Sophie Turner by sliding into her DMs. So Mm -hmm. he Mm -hmm. met some woman on the internet and he he took her home. You know, they're married. They got a baby now. So is this about Joe Jonas? First, um... (laughs) Mention of Joe. There's another mention of Joe too. Oh, we assume in it, not in this, but I, oh. I send your baby gifts. I think oh, she's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I think Joe is the only one who. I think I don't know if I've really kept count of all of where her, if her exes have any other children. But I think maybe Joe might, Connor Kennedy. I don't know. I think Joe might be the only one who's like reproducing. Yeah, because everyone yeah. else is sterile because because Taylor really yeah. took them by the balls. Um, <laughs> But um, maybe, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but I, also think, I also think that this is just a really cool, like she's in that moment where she's healed completely from it. Yeah. Um, she's not, you know, she's, she's not, you know, she's not cold anymore from it. And it just takes me to mm-hmm. a place too. I, I had this, this, my first relationship ever was in college and we had dated for like six months, but still talked afterwards. And it was like that, that first heartbreak, the first cry, everything. And he is the only guy out of all of my exes that I am friends with on Facebook. And he's Mm. married with two cute kids. And it's like so sweet to see him have a family and, you know, just and making it out there being successful. And 
he's doing some cool shit. And I'm like, that's really yeah. cool. Like we had fun. Like it would have, Lance, if you're listening to this, I'm glad I, <laughs> I'm with you, but it, we would have like, we would have had a lot of fun together. Like yeah. it, I, we would have done great things together. I'm not, I'm not like heartbroken that we're not together now, but I'm like, yeah, I, if I look back on it, it's fondly. And I'm like, oh, that would have been fun. Yeah, no, I think it's like a great energy she has on this song. And it confused a lot of people who were like instantly like, OMG, first track, did Joe and Taylor break up? But yeah, this has none of the rawness of like that. This definitely feels like what you're talking about, where you you kind of have those people that you you dated or, you know, you thought mm-hmm. it would work out. It didn't. And it's not hurtful to think about anymore. It's just more like, huh, like, isn't it interesting how life plays out? And I think... um this does a nice job because like you have wildest dreams in 1989 where she's singing about like, remember me, like hold on to these moments and like really feel that pain every time you remember. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. here she's like, you know, I hope you're doing well. Like I have this dream. You're doing great. Like having adventures. And it's just like so optimistic and like, there's absolutely no, bad blood so but to isn't speak that how it is though when you're 20s you're like when you're going through re- these relationships and datings your emotions mm-hmm. are high and you don't think you'll ever get a- over this heartbreak they're always going to be like a piece of them in your heart mm-hmm. you think about them but then speaking from someone who is almost going to be in their mid-30s 34 <laughs> next week yeah when you look back at your 20s, it's kind of like reminiscing, like you kind of roll your eyes and you know, blush over the stupid things you've done. <laughs> and you just, it doesn't mean as much to you yeah. when, like 10 years later, when your roaring 20s are over. You look mm-hmm. back and fondly, and it's, you can see the mistakes you've made and mm-hmm. you can, you can appreciate where people are now. Then, yeah, it's very interesting how that happens. Yeah. Time heals all wounds. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I love um, the visuals here, too. Like, I think it's so fun to watch Taylor do this sort of, I mean, yeah, Lover has a lot of great visuals, too. And we got to discuss a lot of them. But it's just nice to watch her pack these verses with like really interesting images. Like, we never painted by the numbers, babe, but we were making it count. Like, it's such a clever play and just such a unique way to say like, oh, we didn't ever do things like conventionally. We didn't color inside the lines. We weren't like your normal couple. We were like a cool couple. And I think it's like cool that she can pack all that into a single line where she's like, we didn't do things right, but we made we made it count. Like we made something that was valuable. Mm-hmm. We made something that was memorable. And, you know, the greatest loves of all time are over now. And it's not like, woe is me. It's not tragic. It's just an admittance that, like you said, there's a sense of a maturity that comes where when she was a teenager, she was writing about Romeo and Juliet. And she was writing songs about, like, doomed romances and I know places and wildest dreams and death by a thousand cuts. But now she's like yeah, those great loves are over, but I'm not like sad about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And then she says, I guess you never know, never know. And it's another day of waking up alone. And which I like, because I feel like this sort of cues you in as a listener that this isn't something she's writing from today's 
point of view. It's not like she woke up and she's like, oh, I'm alone. Like, what what am I going <laughs> to moan about today? Mm-hmm. She's just, I think it sort of speaks to this idea where she is able to look back not only at the relationship, but at the moments where she felt sad, the relationship was over. And so, yeah, I mean, we're like in our 30s. It's it's easy to be like, it's easy to look back at so many layers of memories and kind of reflect on all the pieces instead of one singular piece. And so this kind of works for me where it's saying you know, you can't trust Taylor Swift as a narrator in folklore necessarily because time is just a construct and there's lots happening all at once. And it might not be one specific thing, but more about the message or the morality of something. And so here it's like this idea, this like, you know, the fact fiction daydream fantasy of it all where, where she can kind of place us and be like, yeah, it's, it's me talking about a lot of different things right now, a lot of different moments and all that reflecting that came from a long life lived. Yeah. And when you kind of look back at your twenties and all these stories and things that you've done, some, and this could be even if you're 20, when you're in your twenties, looking back at like when you were in high school and thinking Mm -hmm. of the stories of like the heartbreaks you've had then too, or maybe even elementary, if you're in high school, like, like, you know, (laughs) 10 years later, when you look back, you remember the feelings, you remember the people, you remember, you know, certain facts, but also sometimes something that you remember, the story that you, the narrative that you have stuck onto is not necessarily the accurate story. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting too, to think that like she's written folklore and she said it's fact for versus fiction. The lines are blurred. That happens in everyone's lives like I'll talk about a story with my parents with Lance and tell them how it went they were there and they're like well actually (laughs) this way you know this is how what I took from it so like everyone's life is kind of like a folklore Mm -hmm. it's you know you kind of it you tell yourself one thing and you just kind of go down with that narrative and maybe you've missed a few steps along the road and you've missed a few facts that could have made them the story more accurate and when people Definitely. look back on lo- Lost Loves too, sometimes like – and I talk about this movie all, all the time, 500 Days of Summer. You look back and you mm-hmm. kind of like see what you want to see and yeah. tell the story that you want to tell. Yeah, which uh, leads us into the chorus again where she says, But we were something, don't you think so? Roaring 20s, tossing pennies in the pool. And if my wishes came true, it would have been you. In my defense, I have none for never leaving well enough alone. But it would have been fun if you were would have been the one. And I think, um, you know what? I think you're right. I think this song might have been written from the perspective of one of her exes. <laughs> I think <laughs> you can take your pick, honestly. Like uh, Calvin Harris, definitely. Mm, in mm-hmm. in This Is Why, or no, what is it? This Is What You Came For. She mm-hmm. wrote a song about their relationship, but it was really about how he felt about her, which is a baller move. And so maybe she's doing it again where she's like, you know, if my wishes came true, it would have been you. There was the rumor that Calvin proposed and she said no. So maybe it's like she's she's dialing into what other people might have thought of the relationship. She's she's focusing on what maybe other people thought, my like Tom Finneaston. Oh, the, oh, this could be some you Tom. know, mm-hmm. this could definitely be a Tom Hiddleston if you read his 2016, you know, profile and I don't know, Variety or something. He was. 
he oh, was he was love. taken aback by that breakup. Let me tell you that much. Oh. And so, I mean, I, I'm sort of being jokey, but it is interesting no. to think like Taylor does play around with narrative and um, narrator on this album. And there is a lot of room to believe that as you're writing and you're you're interested in thinking about these different perspectives it could be easy to channel a lot of those feelings like you were saying like what did he think of this like what was his perspective on all this what does he Hmm. think of me now i want to see if anyone else has this theory because if they don't (laughs) we're right (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) we're the ogs man yeah Yeah. i mean (laughs) yeah because i think that's the thing too is that as you get older you realize you're not necessarily as unique as you thought you were you know like you weren't yeah. you weren't like the the pioneer of emotion that you maybe considered unless yourself you're taylor to be. swift <laughs> yeah. you're the pioneer of any emotion anyway. yeah but even she can be like huh i wonder like what yeah you know i get i've gotten to write all these songs about all these different people and you know Jake Gyllenhaal, Tom, Calvin, none of them are really like songwriters in the same sense. So they haven't had the same outlet. But what would they say? Could Looking they pick at me up now, a pen? Yeah. What would they think right now? <laughs> and she like, might be hopeful. Like, I hope they don't have bad blood for me. I hope they think too, hey, it could have been fun, but it's okay. Okay. If we're going to say that, I do not think this is from Calvin Harris's perspective because <laughs> I think he's probably still yeah. bitter and in the bad blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone else. Yeah. And you know, Everyone Calvin else. doesn't deserve this song. So Calvin doesn't deserve a place on this record at all. Yeah. You guys. Let's yeah. say that. He's canceled. This could be Taylor Lautner's song. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who, who else is there, I guess? Um, but then you get to the bridge, which is a, a pretty simple bridge, but it's an interesting bridge. She sings, I persist and resist the temptation to ask you if one thing had been different, would everything be different today? And I think that's such a, again, just a really mature breath of thought to have on this song this to lead this album to open as the first track i think it's just like it sort of shows this constant back and forth this persistence and resistance you you go forward with your life but you're also like well what if one thing had been different like isn't Mm -hmm. that an interesting thought exercise you also see like this idea like everyone has this thought like oh what could i've done wrong to keep this relationship together in movies you have sometimes this parallel between the the future and what could have happened if someone would have made just one decision a little differently and you sometimes movies play on that like this is what could have happened like for instance I've been watching the Betty Broderick um, Dear John show on Amazon Prime, or I don't know what it's on, but I've been watching it on Amazon Prime. Mm. And she it's, it's about a woman, Betty. Her name's Betty, so take it mm. from there, whose husband <laughs> cheats on her. So maybe Taylor Swift wrote Betty from a younger, <laughs> less much, you know, from a yeah. 17-year-old's perspective, and she ends up killing him at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, right? Ooh, killing him and, and the woman. But at the very end of the, like, the series you see these like if one thing could have been different like oh Mm. if she would if if he would have fessed up to the to the affair if she wouldn't have dropped her kids off like you see all these little tiny different decisions Mm. and at the very end it would have impacted everything so and it's it's you know that's just the thing that i think even hollywood plays on in like Mm -hmm. in films you you see flashbacks of if things would have been different, how something would have worked out. Like, and I keep on talking about it. People need to watch it. Five hundred days of summer. They do the side by side parallel too. If that one thing would have been changed, and you would yeah. be together today. 
you would have been yeah. alive. Betty wouldn't have killed you. <laughs> James, <laughs> watch out for Betty. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's a common, yeah, that's the refrain here. And she's, mm-hmm. she wraps it up with the final chorus where she says, we were something, don't you think so? Rosé flowing with your chosen family. And it would have been sweet if it could have been me. In my defense, I have none for digging up the grave another time, but it would have been fun if you would have been the one. <laughs> Cute! <laughs> lyric, lyric. I thought it was, so Rosé flowing with your chosen family. I thought it was, how's it going with your chosen family? <laughs> but now I see you know, it's Rosé. Yeah, Rosé, kind of like you're popping Rosé because your your wife... Uh, Sophie just had their baby. Yeah, yeah. Popping <laughs> bottles. Oh, yeah, and I think it's also. I mean, I've I've mostly been making jokes about who this song could be about. I don't think it's about one particular person, but mm. I do think this line. In my defense, I have none for digging up the grave another time. It sort of plays into what I think she was trying to do with this song, which whether it's about a friend like Aaron Dessner said or about her past relationships, which I think there's room to say. Mm-hmm. I think she's saying this line to us. It sort of plays into that idea of the opening line like, hey, I'm doing good. I'm on some new shit here. She's like, listen, I know I don't really have an excuse to make this album right now. Like usually I wait two years. There's more personal stories in there. Like, sure, you'll dig through it and be like, what's happening with me and Joe? But instead, I'm really just like digging through my past archives. I'm digging Mm -hmm. through my past relationships. I'm thinking about my life. I'm really taking the like the lessons I was trying to learn in Miss Americana and applying them into this like way to let things go while still honoring what they were. And so I think it's like a nice nod to how people complain about oh my gosh taylor so she just writes she just writes breakup songs like let it go you know and i think here she's like listen i know people will say that i'm just digging up the grave i'm not letting sleeping dogs lie i'm i'm talking about these past relationships i'm talking about these past people in my life but it's okay because it's like it's it's not a sad album it's not a literal album it's a chance for me to kind of just explore my whole Mm -hmm. life and that's what we've all been doing in quarantine right like we have nothing to do (laughs) (laughs) we got nothing to do but overanalyze and think about what could have been going on (laughs) right (laughs) if one thing would have been different would we be out there popping bottles and people being in their roaring 20s i like how you tie the the first verse in with the last verse kind of like it's like the first verse the first line i'm doing mm-hmm. good i'm on some new shit is for us and how you have said the the for, in my defense i have none for digging up the grave another time and that's mm-hmm. for us too that's a good insight i never would have thought about that yeah i think it's just like and obviously i could be wrong and she could have meant yeah. something else but uh, art is up for interpretation and this is mine <laughs> but i think it's just it's such a decidedly like unromantic image right like i'm digging up the grave but i think it's like it plays into this idea of folklore at all at large where it's like about these myths we make of our own of our own histories and sort of really unpacking how we got to where we are without holding any resentment for that journey itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big fan and I think it sort of shows that like 
that what she wants to accomplish with this album itself and and as you see through songs to come that that those lines between reality and fantasy are pretty blurred you know you have different you have like james and betty and in inez i guess Mm. pops in there you've got like stories about the house owner before her her grandpa like there's a lot going on in this album and i think she kind of uses this opening track to set us up to know that it's like there will be a lot of emotions at play, a lot of stories at play, some true, some not, but it doesn't matter because it's like her getting a chance to kind of play with her history a little bit and and examine those relationships and those choices and and think about, you know, what could have been, what is now and and also it could just be her you know, writing from Tom Hiddleston's little <laughs> perspective. It's an it's an album from yeah. all of her ex's perspective. Yes. Yes, that will mm-hmm. be a recurring theme in all of our interpretations because yeah. I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah. I think it's great. Like, what would they have thought? Yeah. They're seeing, they're seeing me with another man. Yeah. Oh, I wonder I wonder what Harry Styles thinks of me today. And just <laughs> whip out your pen and write it up, you know. Okay. So I do have a question because you brought Harry up. Mm, yes. There's that question of who is William Bowery? Who is mm. he? Who's he who's he? So mm. a lot of people have thrown out Joe, which we talked about last week. A lot of people mm. are throwing out Lord, Lana Del Rey, and there is this a lot of um is it Haylor? That's the, that's the people who are mm-hmm, shipping mm-hmm. Harry and Taylor who who are really shipping the fact that maybe Harry and Taylor wrote those two songs together, Betty and Exile. Mm-hmm. And I think it's Harry. Do you, what what's your thought on that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's weird. It's fun that she likes these little mysteries. I think I saw someone say, "Oh, it's just Taylor Swift," which doesn't make that sense was me, to me cuz she's oh. the man. <laughs> Oh yeah. It, well, someone else really... said it too. Okay. But but I think it's like Taylor has written self yeah. self-written tracks before and she loves a good moment to be like I wrote this by myself. This is mine. And so I don't necessarily think it's her. And then I'm like, well, maybe Joe Alwyn because he's so private and they try to keep their relationship private. So that would make sense. But is he a songwriter? And why would he help write Exile and Betty? So Mm -hmm. the idea of it being Harry Styles is very provocative to me. And Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like here for it. Mm-hmm. And that would make it interesting that she's able to sing something like the one and talk about how she's not still attached to past relationships, even if she's still chill with perfect. things. I, yeah. I think that if it is Harry, she's opened up the song being like, hey, like it would have been fun. He's <laughs> yeah. on some new shit. I'm on some new shit. Yeah. We're we're good in our like perspective lives. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it'd be a full circle where she was so heartbroken, so betrayed by everything. But now she's in a relationship content in love and he's doing his good stuff. He's doing what he wants to do. But they're at yeah. this place where, hey, we can write together. And it it was it was remotely. All the stuff was done remotely and they just like <laughs> yeah. they're friends, they're connecting, they're writing together. And yeah. it would be it I'm wondering when we'll find out. And if it is Harry, like that would that'd be very interesting. Like what if I they know. do if it's Harry, what if they do a future collaboration and they sing it together at trial? <laughs> I know I feel like that would be very hot for a lot of people and Mm -hmm. probably reason why they're keeping it private if it if it is Harry and that's the thing is I'm like I could totally see it not being Harry too you know like I can totally see that being way too weird to write a song about like 
cheating and and sadness, you know, like exile and Betty. But it is just like it is a curious mystery because I do want to know who it is and why it's a secret. <laughs> and so if you're asking why it's a secret, I don't know why it would be a secret that she wrote with Lord. It's like she's overdue to have a female right. collaborator mm-hmm. and they're both songwriters. So why wouldn't they? Especially but, now where it's like yeah. your women support women. You want yeah. people to be proud about, hey, this is a, a right. female collaborated song. Yeah. And I've also heard like Joe Jonas thrown around, which I don't Mm -hmm. think he's as prolific a songwriter, let's say. Mm -hmm. So a little bit harder for me to believe. And then if it's her brother, like why wouldn't she have just used the same band that she said did the Like What You Made Me Do cover? So I don't know. It's a very curious mystery to me. Uh, I hope someone finds out, but I feel like I feel like that's one that's either just going to never show up again or like I don't I don't know if we'll be able to find this one out like we found out Neil Sonberg, you know? Well we found out Neil Sonberg because uh because she was the one who She eventually confirmed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'd she would just have to confirm who it was. Yeah. Like she it'd be her being like, Hey or the person being like this is who I am. <laughs> Well, I have been quiet long enough. And Mm -hmm. maybe it's just some dude. Maybe it's Joe Alwyn's little brother. I don't know. Like, it's like, who knows? And that's what's weird about it is like, I'm like, if it's a secret, that must mean it's like a bigger deal than just some dude. (laughs) Because she usually, like, these are things that that mean something, like these little Easter eggs. Yeah. So fingers crossed we can crack that code, but I'm not holding Maybe it's my breath. Spencer Pratt. <laughs> yeah. Or Alex Goldschmidt. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of women supporting women, our tea time this week goes back to the folklore albums. Uh, the cardigan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the story was um, uh, founder of a Black-owned retail of the mm-hmm. folklore, Amira Rasul. Um accused Taylor Swift's uh, marketing team of ripping off her company's logo for the album merchandise, which was her company's called The Folklore. Um, It has a very similar design to the original like merch you saw that had the on the side of the F for Folklore and then album on top of it. And so she pointed it out and got some attention. um, But Taylor Swift's team, to their credit, immediately took action and... um, Amira herself was like, yeah, I'm already talking to them. Like it, I'm glad to see that she's, you know, her, her team represents the same values Taylor has been saying about mm-hmm. how she wants to support blah, blah, blah. And so that is why if you ordered merch at the beginning of this release and then got an email that said the merch would be changing, it's as simple as them taking the out of any of the, uh, any of the merchandise. So yeah, when Amira tweeted about it, Taylor Swift responded being like, Amira, I love the work you're doing. I'm happy mm-hmm. to contribute to your company and to support the Black and Fashion Council launching on August 3rd with, mm-hmm. don- with a donation. Like she really – all of everything that she's – all the words, all the effort, all of the, yeah. the stuff that she's been doing, like her actions are living up to what she's mm-hmm. been saying because she like – the moment it happened, it was like, let's address this. <laughs> yeah. like, I, when I'm yeah. supporting you. I'm supporting, you know, the Black Fashion Council. I am not trying to – I'm not trying to be another rich white artist who's ripping you off. Mm-hmm. We need to make this right. And it was immediate. 
Yeah, it was a much better response than we got with like the Nicki Minaj fiasco with the mm-hmm. Grammys like six years ago. Mm-hmm. So it does show really valuable growth. Like there's no mm-hmm. drama, no bad blood. It wasn't like, oh, let's take it to the courts. Like it's like gone are the days of Taylor Swift suing people for writing players going to play <laughs> on their Etsy merchandise. You know, oh like gosh. it's like <laughs> a new era thankfully definitely which i'm <laughs> very proud of taylor for taking taking it this time you know and just stepping up yeah. taking on the the responsibility and i'm looking forward to seeing you know to seeing like where amira's fashion line goes mm-hmm. um so even though it's something that you know shouldn't have been overlooked by her company it was kind of good because it brought more light onto this black designer's online presence yeah so you can check them out at the folklore.com and see the see the merch if you were really attached to that (laughs) that design aesthetic um but it's uh i mean it's just been so fun to get to dive back into this uh taylor swift world i'm sorry it took us four months (laughs) it took us four months i did tease on our instagram account that if we got and stayed to five thousand people followers that we would do a a folk a folkish folklore giveaway, but mm. sadly last night we're at five thousand. Today we're at four thousand nine hundred and ninety-seven. So people ah. are following, unfollowing. So, so I think if we keep five thousand for like a week, I'll be like okay. But keep your eye out for that. I'm very excited for a a giveaway in the future because, hey, I have an extra vinyl coming my way. That might be in the <laughs> yes. giveaway. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely follow us at on Instagram at Switchish Podcast, on Twitter at Switchish Pod 13. Um, we love getting to talk to you guys, hear from you guys, see all your fan theories that might, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, ours might get us canceled, but yours are always welcome. So exactly. feel free to send us an email at switchishpodcast at gmail.com. Hopefully we didn't make any ageist jokes on this episode, but if we did, call us out again because we are here to learn and to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be better. We're not boomers. Yeah. <laughs> But until next time, I'm Shelby. And I'm Ashley. And Taylor, we are something, don't you think so? Mm-hmm.